0: Praise the Lord. Or greet one another, church, everybody watching. If you're with someone else, just give them a high five. Amen? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, are you ready for a word? All right. (laughs) All right, well... Praise God. Well, I have a word for you tonight. In fact, what I want to do is talk to you uh, and show you in the Word what it says about the Word. Okay, so we're going to go to Psalm 119, so get your Bibles out. So I'm going to go through a bunch of verses. They're all going to be out of Psalm 119, and uh, this has really been on my heart and primarily because I've been spending... My quiet time for the last uh, week or so in Psalm 119, and uh, and so the Lord has just been showing me things and and just letting His truth sink down deep into my heart, and I've gotten excited about it, and I want to share it with you. So um, let's start with Psalm 119 and verse 49. So what we're going to do now is we're going to look at the characteristics of the word. In other words, what is what is the word? What is the word? Do what is it like? And uh, so we're going to start in verse 49. And uh, the psalmist says here. And uh, by the way, I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation tonight. And um, I, but I'll refer a couple times to the King James because in certain cases I just like the way that's that's worded. And uh, besides, that's kind of what I memorized in to begin with. So. But we're going to start with the New Living Translation, verse 49. It says, Remember your promise to me. It is my only hope. So first and foremost, the Word gives us hope. We just prayed about that. The whole reason we prayed is because we know that there is hope for us. So that word in the New Living that says promise is in the King James is the Word. It says Remember your word to me. And that Hebrew word is davar, and, and you'll see that time and time again in the Old Testament. Davar means the word. And there's another word for the word in the Old Testament, and it's imra, and it, it kind of means the, it's the word, but it's the spoken word. And so it, it's somewhat analogous to logos and rhema. So, in this case, it's devar, and says, remember your word, or remember your promise to me, it is my only hope. Now, what is hope? Hope is believing that something's going to come to pass, right? So, I, I hope that it's not going to be below freezing tomorrow. Now, I don't know, I mean, I don't know the future, and it's forecasted to be below freezing, but I hope it isn't. Now it may or may not come out that way, that's, the, that's one of the characteristics of hope, but in this case, our hope is in the Word, and that what the Word says is our hope, and that that Word will come to pass. So first and foremost, the Word is our hope. Okay, so jump to verse 89. I love this verse. And every time I read it, I've read it over and over and over again. It's like the the, the spirit just gives me new insight into it and, and just refreshes my soul. And it says, Your eternal word, O Lord, stands firm in heaven. Just think about that. Your eternal word. So in first, the word is forever. It's always going to be forever. It, there's no beginning, there's no end. The word is eternal, it is forever, it has always been, and I don't have enough words to describe that, but it's eternal. And that word stands firm in heaven. And that, that, the Hebrew word there means just that, stand firm, to be established, not to move, it won't totter, it's always there. Now if you remember from John the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verse 14, it says that the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And that Word that became flesh is Jesus. And so Jesus, where is He now? He's in heaven. He's at the right hand of the Father. He is the Word. The Word is firmly established in heaven. Amen? So we can be sure of this, and this is what I want to get over tonight, is that is the Word is our only hope. It is eternal. It is firm. It's established in heaven. It isn't going anywhere. It's not going to fade away. It isn't going to crumble. It isn't going to peter out. I don't know, it's, but it is firm. It is there. Okay, we could I could talk about this the rest of the night, but we need to go on. So the next one is verse 93. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you give me life. Oh, so the word gives us life. And that the Hebrew word for life, I love it. I don't have to put the cap on the water bottle here, because the, the Hebrew word is khaya, and I just always think about khaya, you know? And so whenever I think of that word, I just kind of get active and khaya, it gives me life. And, 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 in the, and I love it in the King James because that word is quicken, your word quickens me. I will never forget your commandments, for by them you have quickened me. And that means you've given me life. It also means to revive, refresh, and restore. So we have life, and it is, it's abundant. It, it, it overflows. It revives us. It raises us up. It restores our soul. And 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 it's always that way. It doesn't change. Remember? It's eternal. It stands firm in heaven. It doesn't change. So the word always gives us life. We receive the word. The word gives us chaya. See, now you'll never forget that word. Nope. You see the old jujitsu guy going, <laughs> okay. So... The word is our hope, it stands firm in heaven, it's eternal, it gives us life, and um, this next, I love all these verses, but this is one of my favorite ones, verse 96, and I like the way it says it in the New Living Translation. So it says, even perfection has its limits, but your commands have no limit. Ooh, that is really good. And I'm, I'm thinking about perfection, and, and the first visual that came to my mind about perfection is Michelangelo's statue of David, chiseled out of marble, sitting there, you can see all the muscles, it's just perfect in form, and it's just beautiful, and, and I would say that that statue is a is a an example of perfection it it's the skill of the sculptor and and yet that statue has limits it's limited it's limited in that it's in marble it was limited by the sculptor's talent it was limited by each little tap of the chisel chiseling out the marble and it's and it's still there So that perfection has limit. It's hard to explain, but your commands have no limit. And here's the cool thing, is that word, the Hebrew word for no limit, is one of my most favorite words, and if anybody's ever been in freedom prayer with me, you've heard me talk about it. It's Rahav, Rahav, and it means wide, open, broad. So in this sense, where the word has no limit, it's like, its I mean, it's just wide open, there's no end to it, there's no limit, it's that kind of thing. It's Rahav. If you flip back over to verse 45 in Psalm 119, it says, in the New Living, it says, I will walk in freedom, for I have devoted myself to your commandments. I will walk in freedom. Well, that word, the Hebrew word for freedom there is Rahav. So this no limit of the word is synonymous with freedom. In the King James, verse 45 says, I will walk at liberty. And so we have that word Rahav, meaning there's no boundary, there's no limit, and, and you are free. That's what the Word does. Well, listen to this. So if we were to say Rahab in English, it would be Rahab. And if you go to Joshua and you read about Rahab at Jericho, her name was Rahab, and it meant open, wide. And so here's Rahab. She uh, saves the two Israelite spies. Uh, The Israelites come in. You know the story. March around Jericho. The walls fall down, and they uh, uh, take Canaan as their land, as promised by God to Abraham. And um, so Rahab marries a man by the name of Salmon. Salmon. And they have a uh, child, and his name is Boaz. Boaz marries Ruth. They have a son named Obed. Obed has a son named Jesse. Jesse has a son named David. David becomes king of Israel. And David's descendant is Jesus. And in Galatians 5.1, it says, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So our our no-limit, Rahab, freedom comes full circle, and that is the word. That's what the word does. If you go over to Matthew and look at the genealogy of Christ in Matthew, there's Rahab. So... Uh verse 98 Your commands make me wiser than my enemies for they are my constant guide The word gives us wisdom The word gives us wisdom for living in this world The word gives us wisdom that is that is wiser than your enemies verse 104 Your commandments give me understanding. No wonder I hate every false way of life. So the word gives understanding. What is understanding? Well, understanding means that you understand the meaning of something. So I understand what it means to. And then wisdom takes that understanding And it discerns between what is right and what is wrong and chooses to do what is right. That is wisdom. So the Word gives us that. It gives us understanding. It gives us wisdom. And if you go over to Proverbs chapter 2 and study it out, we get wisdom, knowledge, understanding, discernment, insight, and good judgment. And we will know what is right, fair, and just, and we can make the right decision every time. That comes from the Word of God. Amen? All right. You still with me? Okay. Everybody out there, you still with me? Thumbs up? Okay. Verse 105 Your Word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. So the Word is our guide, it shows us the way to go. It is a light to our feet and to our path. It 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 shows where we take the next step. So those people that are without the word of God are in darkness and they stumble. They fall in the ditch. They step in stinky stuff. Because they don't have a light to show them where to go, where, where that narrow path is, where we have to take the next step. So this lamp is, uh, the word is a lamp to guide my feet and it's a light to my path. So we can be confident that as we are in the word and we take the word into us, then that word is going to guide us on our way. Verse 138, your laws are perfect and completely trustworthy. I love that. Just think about the world right now. What is perfect and completely trustworthy in the world? But God's word is. It is completely trustworthy we don't have to second-guess it, we don't have to try to figure it out, we don't have to look under it, over it, on the side, we know that it is completely trustworthy, and it is perfect, it lacks nothing, nothing needs to be added to it, nothing can be taken away, it is perfect in and of itself. And completely trustworthy. So what does that do? It gives us confidence. We can walk in confidence that the Word is guiding us, and it will guide us surely. We don't have to worry if we're going to fall into the ditch because we are following the Word. It keeps our feet sure. Verse 160. This is one of my next, this is my next favorite verse. The very essence of your words is truth. All your just regulations will stand forever. So the word is truth. Every day I go on a prayer walk, and every day I pray Jeremiah 33, verses 6 and 7, for our country. And... Um, the, 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 the first part of it says, praise for healing for our country. It's Marpe arukah, and Rafa. There's three different words for healing and cure there. And they all have different shades of meaning about that. But I pray that for our country, that our land will be healed. And then it says that the Lord would reveal an abundance of peace and truth. And so what that truth is, is this truth. The very essence of your words is truth. And so I'm praying that the Lord will send his word out through this country and that it would be showered with, inundated with truth. And then the next one, verse 165. Those who love your instructions have great peace and do not stumble. In the King James, it says, great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. I love that, too. So we have great peace. It's a peace that comes from above. It's nothing that the world can give. And so I pray, Father God, you said it in your word. Now I ask you to send out an abundance of peace and truth across this land. So that's the Word, the Word of God. Those are its characteristics eternal, fixed, without limit, perfect, trustworthy, true. It gives freedom, it gives hope, peace, wisdom, understanding, and guidance. That's the Word of God. Amen? Okay. Well, what, knowing that, knowing that about the Word, it really demands a response from us. And let's look at that. And this is all going to be out of Psalm 119 as well. Let's start with verse 111. 111. Your laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. In the King James, it says your laws are my heritage. And, the, and that Hebrew word means a possession, a, uh, a, an, an inheritance, a treasure. Your word, Your laws are my treasure. Your word is my treasure. Your word is my heart's delight. So we need to be in that position where we're treasuring up the word of God. The word of God is our delight because if we do not, we can't do anything else that I'm going to talk about. We have got to treasure up His Word. It's our delight. We cannot do without the Word. We look forward to it all the time. We strain forward. We put on our, our we get our, our um, uh, binoculars out, you know, and we're looking for the Word. We want to know the Word. It is our delight. We can't live without it. So then we go to verse 97, <coughs> excuse me. Oh how I love your instructions! I think about them all day long. I much prefer this in the King James. It says, "Oh, how, oh, how I love thy law! It is my meditation all the day." We got to love it. It's 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 part of that treasuring. It's part of that delight. But now it's this extreme love. It's a love that embraces it in and makes it yours just like someone you love my wife i would want to come up and give her that big embrace and brings us close and intimate and that's what we do with the word of god and meditate on them all day long So it becomes a constant meditation. In other words, the word is never far from you. It's always on your lips, it's always on your mind, it's always guiding your steps. So it doesn't matter whether I'm going out on morning ranch rounds and I'm going to let the chickens out and open the front gate and go check the garden and the orchard and got the two dogs tumbling around at my heels. The whole time I'm praising God and thanking Him that this is one day closer to your return. I thank you for the beautiful sunrise. I worship you for all the beauty around here. I thank you that you've given me each breath and each heartbeat. I thank you for my two faithful dogs. Their ranch security—that kind of thing. It's all the word is there, and it's and it's never far. It's always in in your conscious thinking. So I think about them all day long. And then verse eleven. So you have to flip over a few pages. This is this was one of my very first uh, memory verses, fifty years ago. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So not only are we loving the word and we're meditating on the word, but we're memorizing the word. The word becomes a part of us. So I memorized this word, and and also uh, in verse 9, how can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to thy word. I've laid up thy word in my heart that I might not sin against thee. That has been with me for 50 years. I memorize it, I internalize it, and it has become a part of me. I don't even have to think twice about it. It guards my heart. And as I'm going along, it'll speak to me, and it'll go, uh, 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 uh. And then I turn my feet to obey his law. Verse 30, I have chosen to be faithful. I have determined to live by your regulations. That's our response. It is a choice. It is an act of our will. So we choose to be faithful to the word of God. We choose to determine to live by the word. And that's a daily choice. We We deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow Jesus. That's a choice. So, we're meditating, we're memorizing, we're being faithful to the Word. Verse 56. This is how I spend my life. Obeying your commandments. Oh, I love that this is how I spend my life it's not eat drink and be merry for tomorrow we may die it's not chasing after the next greatest video game or the next version of the iPhone or how many likes I got on Facebook I don't know if that's how it works or not. I'm not on Facebook, but uh, any of that stuff, that's not how I spend my day. I spend my day obeying his commandments. I'm going to spend my life obeying your word. That's how we respond to all of those characteristics of the word. Verse 60, I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. So we don't procrastinate about the word. When we read something in the Word, and, and we, the Holy Spirit transacts that in our spirit, then we are quick to obey. And when we are quick to obey, then He is quick to bless. He is quick to make that Word actualized in our life, because we are obedient to His Word. And then lastly, verse 112. I am determined to keep your decrees to the very end. So we don't retire from keeping the Word. There's not a day where we say, okay, I've been faithful for 50 years, now I can retire. But we obey the Word all to, all the way to the very end. There's another verse in, in the Psalms, I don't know where it is right now, but it says, I will continue to pray until my very last breath. That's what the Word does for us. It is. It becomes our life. I was reading in Acts 17 today, and Paul is in Athens, and he's meeting with the philosophers, the Stoics up at the Areopagus, and, and um And he talks about their monument to an unknown God. And he says, I'm going to tell you who that God is. And he's the one that we live and move and have our being in. That's who he is. And he is the word. It is established firmly in heaven. Okay. Well, I don't want to share all of this with you without giving you some kind of an application to take home. Something to do to put all of this word into action, to be quick to obey. So for, for many years, Jeannie and I have had a, a little phrase called HWLW. I don't know where we picked it up. I think it was in the navigator somewhere. But HWLW means his word, the last word. So before we go to bed and we shut our eyes, and we're off into slumberland. It's his word, the last word for the day. And so here's what I suggest. That 30 minutes before bedtime, read one of the stanzas of Psalm 119. So you all know that Psalm 119 is an acrostic, and it's divided up into the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, and every eight lines begins with one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. So it's, all, it's divided into groups of eight, 22 of them. So read one group of eight, 30 minutes before you go to bed, and then with the Holy Spirit's prompting, choose one verse to meditate on, And then choose to obey it and let that word be be taken by the holy spirit and dropped into your spirit and it becomes yours it becomes your life it transforms you it changes you into his likeness from one degree of glory to another because the entire psalm 119 as you've already seen tonight is about the word and um and I cannot overemphasize how um, vital it is. If we don't, if we if we take this word and we set it on a shelf at our home and we never pay any attention to it and we we dust it off every now and then, it's not going to do us a bit of good. It's just going to. It's it's the pages will probably end up curling up and and getting brittle because you, you've never used it. You never got your oily fingers all over it. So, so we, we need to constantly be feasting on the Word of God and taking it in so that we become more like Jesus every day. Amen? Okay. So that's all I had tonight. Please do it. Um, and then uh, maybe someone will have a testimony and they can get up here and say, man... Let me tell you what I got out of the Word and what the Lord did for me. So why don't you stand up and let's pray. So Father, I thank you for your Word. I thank you that it's true, it's steadfast, it's eternal. And it gives us everything that we need. Everything that pertains to, to life and godliness, you give to us. You've given us every promise that is in your word. It's ours. And so we want to take that word. It's the sword of the Spirit. It's our offensive weapon. And we want to, um, to march out with that word, lighting our path, showing us where to go. We don't want to neglect your word. We want to be mighty and valiant warriors in your word we want to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ we want to be more like him and oh father God we pray that you just pour your spirit out on us pour your spirit out on this land Convict of sin and righteousness and judgment. Open our eyes so that we can see wondrous things out of your word. Show us great and mighty things that we know not. That we come into your presence all the time and just pour out our hearts to you because of what you have done for us. Thank you that you hold us in your hand. Thank you that no one can snatch us out of your hand. Thank you that no one can undo what you have done. And thank you for what you have done in our lives. So we give you all the praise, all the worship. Our, the joy is just tumbling out of our hearts, Father, for what you've done for us. Take the gifts tonight tonight and multiply them, Father. Multiply them for your kingdom, that your kingdom may come and your will be done on earth just like it is in heaven. Astound us with the things that you do. May we see great and mighty things, signs and wonders and miracles, because you are the Almighty God. I ask you to bless this body of believers, Father, Multiply the blessings. And may it all redound to Your praise. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen and Amen. God bless you, church.